0: Eventually, we'll get there. Good morning. Okay, I'm going to say it again. And I want to see can you match my energy? Good morning. morning. Yes, there we go. It's a beautiful day today, a beautiful fall day. And we are grateful to be here in God's presence. And so, before I begin, um, I just want to say thank you. We want to say thank you on behalf of Derek and myself for the gracious gift of allowing us to go to. the Ohio Conferences Pastor-Spouse Retreat last weekend. It was a wonderful time, and so these are the people that we spent the weekend with. It's a little blurry from here. I don't know if you can really see it. So those are the people that we spent the weekend with, and it was a great time had by all. So I just want to say thank you. We're grateful, and we were blessed to be a part of that. So thank you so much. So before um, we begin, let us pray. Gracious God, we just thank you for meeting us here this morning. We thank you, O Lord, for the opportunity to confess and then for your words of assurance. So as we continue to move forward in this um, worship service, this worship experience, we just ask that you will open up our hearts and open up our minds so that all that we hear and that we see, we can take in, ponder, and then act on. God, I just ask that you would just remove all anxiety, all expressions or feelings of fear that you will fill me with your wisdom and your spirit in your spirit, so that the words that have come out of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So today's title for the message is Gratitude is my attitude. You've heard the scripture already, you've seen it, but there it is again, just because I like this one. Uh Rejoice always and pray continually, giving thanks in all circumstances because that is God's will for us. So as I was pondering this week on how and what will be shared during this Thanksgiving message, I saw Cher's title for last week's message, Looking Beyond Thanksgiving to Thanks Living. And I was excited to hear more. So after tuning in to the podcast and listening, my immediate thought was, here is God once again at work bringing messages together. When I listened to her message, it was confirmation of the thoughts that I was pondering for today. It was a reminder that we can never hear enough of God's faithfulness to us when we are living and giving unto him. In alignment with Cher's message and in alignment with the unction of the Holy Spirit, the title for today, Gratitude is My Attitude. And so I want you to turn to your neighbor and I want you to say, Gratitude is my attitude. gratitude is my attitude that's right gratitude is my attitude i'm in awe of the number of musically gifted individuals that are members of this congregation it is beautiful to hear and watch from week to week the musical giftings that stand with holy boldness confidence and what appears to be love and desire to share their love musically before the congregation and lead us in musical worship It's affirming and confirming that God is at work when the songs line up with the message. I always see where God has made the connection, but leads leads me to believe that songs are not randomly chosen, but there has been some leading of the Holy Spirit when choosing songs. And again today, I was in awe. I am one who believes that I do not have a harmonic voice to share with others publicly, but when I'm in my car or in my house, I sing like I have a recording contract. Believe it or not, when I was younger, I used to sing in a church choir. I loved going to rehearsal and singing. And at the time, the church I was attending had three church services, several church choirs. Um, We had a choir that sang on the first Sunday of every month. And the requirement was that you had to sing at two services. So I always chose the first two, because you get there, go to the 8 o'clock service then you go to Sunday school, then you're back for 11 o'clock, and then you're done for the day. So it worked. And I lived like 30 minutes away, so it was really good. So anyway, I said all that to say that on the past few weeks, as we, embarked upon, as we embark upon this fall season and the anticipation of Thanksgiving and Christmas, several songs have been playing over and over in my spirit. And one song that I learned while I was in the choir um, was titled, Every Day is a Day of Thanksgiving. And the lyrics are, Every day... Is a day of thanksgiving. God has been so good to me. Every day he's blessing me. Every day is a day of thanksgiving. He opens my eyes that I might see that he keeps blessing me. Take the time to glorify the Lord today. And I even heard that in the songs that we sang earlier today. The song says more than that, but that's where I just wanted to stop and just take a minute to think about how he blesses us every day that every day is a day of thanksgiving. So listening to Cher's message and the exercise, walking us through an opportunity to see how God's blessed us, reflecting on the places and spaces in our lives where we see God at work and where we're thankful, I felt like this was the setup for today. The lyrics to the song, reminder that every day is a day of thanksgiving. God's been good to us. Every day he blesses us. Along with participating in Shares exercise last week, and being an active participant in your life, it should be easy to see God's blessings. And I say this often, and I don't want to take it for granted that when we woke this morning and opened our eyes, that we felt to ourselves, or we thought, this is just what happens. It's a blessing to be able to open your eyes. It's a blessing when you can see out of those eyes. And if you like me, you had to reach over and get a little assistance to see through those eyes. But we thank God for the assistance, because why? Gratitude is our attitude. Gratitude, a concept that was probably taught and modeled and never quite defined for us. In my Christian experience, I've witnessed gratitude. But thanks to Google, for all intents and purposes of this message, gratitude is defined as showing appreciation, returning kindness, Showing an appreciation or gifts or favors received. Taking time to remember the good things that have happened to you in the past, whether it is an event, a person, or just a good thought you had. Gratitude also implies a feeling of joy. Now it's that last line for me, that gratitude also implies a feeling of joy. I read that, excuse me, and I pondered the thought for a moment and began to think about those things that I'm grateful for and I began to smile when I thought about some of the adversities that, which, that with God, I've been able to overcome. When I thought about all the things I'm grateful for, my family, my friends, the people that I walked this journey with, and that includes you all. The experiences that occurred, good and bad, that allowed for growth in my life on various levels, personally, professionally, physically, spiritually, Intellectually, mentally, you know the dimensions of wellness. Emotionally, financially, gratitude is my attitude. When I think about the joy that is emitted when I see my grandchildren, I'm grateful that they exist. Gratitude is my attitude. And I've seen the faces of others in this room when they talk about their grandchildren. You light up when you think about the times you've had with them and you're sharing it with other people. As parents, We're excited and overjoyed about our own children, but those grandchildren, they bring a different kind of joy. I don't understand it, but it's a different kind of joy. I'm doing things I don't normally do or wouldn't do. I was sharing with somebody last night that I sat on the floor the other night, and then I couldn't get up. I was like, listen now, we're not going to do this on a regular basis, but it was such a joy to be on that floor with my grandson. So I know folks that do not have children of their own, yet they have relationships with others whose children are a significant part of their life, and they still experience joy emitted from the children in their lives. One of my coworkers, she doesn't have any children of her own, any biological children, but she claims her nieces and nephews as her own. And then she claims their children as their grandchildren. And when she talks about those children, her face just lights up again. Those grandchildren bring a different kind of joy gratitude implies joy today's text rejoice always pray continually give thanks in all circumstances for this is god's will for you when the apostle paul wrote this letter to the new believers um, and thessalonica was a predominantly greek greek city with a strong jewish community and paul was aware of his environment and the ramifications of his presence and his preaching that could be imposed by the influential leaders of the city. Paul's letter was crafted as a response to Timothy's report to Paul about the new believers. The new believers were former idolaters of pagan pagan gods, as found in chapter 1, verse 10. Verse 8 tells us that some were God-fearing Greeks, and some Jewish believers, and some prominent women, converts in Acts 17, 1 and 4. But Paul's instructions was that this letter be read to all people. Chapter 1 of the book is is typical of Paul's authorship as he starts each letter with giving thanks for the people of God. He commended them for their love of God and forsaking their old ways to embark on this new journey. Chapter 2 of the letter speaks to Paul's experience there. Paul mentions suffering for the sake of the gospel and persevering through it, and he says that he's not looking for praise from people. He did so because he loved them and was delighted to share with them not only the gospel, but a part of his life with them as well. Paul was not alone in his journey. I've already mentioned that Timothy was there, but so was Silas. Moving on, we see Timothy's report was was indicative of the strong faith of the Thessalonians. Paul acknowledged their faith walk. Chapter 4 was a plea to live a a life pleasing to God. He also discusses the return of Jesus in verses 13 through 18. He recalled that the word says that those who are asleep in Christ will rise first at the sounding of the archangel's voice and the trumpet call of God, and those of us that are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And then we arrive at chapter 5. Verses 1 through 11, Paul discusses the day of the Lord. Paul tells the Thessalonians that the Lord will come like a thief in the night and we should encourage and build up one another, also reminding us that faith and love are our breastplate and the hope of salvation are our helmet. The remaining 17 verses are where we find our text for today. I looked at the NIV version, the NLT version, and the Message Bible, and each heading preceding this pericope was titled, Final Instructions. Paul took the time to encourage the believers to personalize their worship. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks. The Thessalonians were experiencing persecution, and you can find that in Acts 17, 5 and 9. The thought of being persecuted and being asked to rejoice in the midst of it seems absurd. Paul's further request was that they pray continually, knowing that these requests is what God asks of them. Though they may not realize the benefit now, it's a benefit of the future. It's hope. And the same is true for us today. While we may be experiencing adversity, turmoil, or persecution of any kind, we're asked to rejoice through it, to pray through it, and to give thanks through it. I would say it's easier said than done. It's easy to say that I'm joyful all the time, when in actuality, I may not be. It's easy to say, I'll just pray through this, when sometimes I don't even want to talk to God because I'm angry. It's easy to say, oh, I'm going to give thanks because the Bible tells me so, when I'm really mad about the circumstance that I'm going through. As God's creation, those feelings are real. They're valid. But in that, there it goes, but in that, God is asking us to acknowledge those feelings and then to see the past, to see past the hurt, to see past the pain and the anger, and to live a life of worship, which allows us to rejoice, pray continually, and to give thanks in all circumstances. As we take some time to recall and recite the scriptures that we committed to learn over the past 29 days, I'm going to check later today, here is one that we can take with us to learn. And I'm going to ask you to personalize it for yourself. I will rejoice always. It's easy to read the scripture, but when you personalize it, it makes it a little bit different. I will pray continually. I will give thanks in all circumstances. Because that is God's will for me. I'm, uh, have you ever heard someone say to you, I'm really not sure what I should do? When they're going through something i don't really know what god has called me to do what my purpose is here's a great response right here to rejoice always to pray continually and to give thanks and they will ask you why should they do that why should they pray continually why should they give thanks? and you can ask them simply what is it that brings you joy you can tell them that prayer is simply a conversation to say thank you for god's existence a conversation to seek daily strength to make it through the day And the act to make it through the day doesn't always imply that we're experiencing adversity. Sometimes it's simply an act to say, I'm looking forward to getting through this day so that if it's God's will, I can see the next day. When this person asks, why give thanks in all circumstances? And you can simply say, because in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose, as we find in Romans 8 and 28 today's text tells us to rejoice always pray continually give thanks when we love them with all our heart mind and soul it's a no-brainer sometimes we allow our carnal minds to overtake us and we slip out of ourselves and have to be reminded that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world and we find that in first john four and four and we are in the world but because we have Christ on the inside of us, we can face adversity, we can face tomorrow, and we can rejoice always in all circumstances. There is joy in knowing that we can overcome because Christ overcame. As it was mentioned earlier, joy is an imp- is implied as gratitude, and gratitude is my attitude. And you've probably heard or seen somewhere, attitude, have an attitude of gratitude, and so as I thought about this message all week, and The traditions that we'll sit around the table and ask each person, what are you grateful for? I thought about the turning point in my life when gratitude became my attitude. And it was in 1989 when I really began listening to God's voice. I mentioned that I was a choir member, and it was the meaning behind the songs that began to become ingrained in my spirit. I would listen to the songs and search for meaning of the words and how they applied to my life. I would then search for similarities similarities between the words and the scriptures to find correlations. One such song is Psalm 121. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. Then we had a song today that had that very same message in it. Again, God at work, always lining up the message and the music in worship. It's both scripture and a song, and a song that I learned to sing and now understand the scripture and understand the meaning behind it. It's a constant reminder to me that when I go through something and need help, that I should look upward. It reminds me that God never sleeps nor slumbers, and he won't let me fall. When I thought about those words, and though I was young, I was at a place where I was seeking to know and understand God more, and I opened my heart and my ears to hear, and his voice filled me. I find myself grateful for his words and his voice. Gratitude is my attitude. Now here's the part I know you're really going to love. I am guilty, and I'll say it again, I am guilty of being repetitive in my sermons. But guess what? I don't apologize for that. And I don't know how much of that I will change. I am repetitive in an effort to bring the meaning of the message to a place of impact and inspiration. Let me ask you this question. How many jingles and commercials are just floating around in your head for no good reason? No good reason. You just remember some commercials. If you see something, you like, oh, and you start singing a commercial just because you know it. For instance, some of you may know this. (laughs) Some of you may not. But here we go. My baloney has a first name. My baloney has a second name; it's Mayer. Oh, I like to eat it every day. Because Oscar Mayer. Why do you know that? <laughs> why do you know that? Because it was catchy. Because it was repetitive. That commercial came out in 1973. Who was born in 1980 sitting in this room? 80 or later. See what I'm saying? Why do you know this commercial? This commercial came out in 1973. I was three. Why do I know it? It was one of the longest running commercials on TV. Repetition has its merits. So that's why I say I will not apologize for being repetitive. I want you to get it. I want you to get it. But we know this jingle because we heard it over and over, let alone just because it was catchy. But we kept hearing it over and over and over. Last month, when I preached a sermon, be careful what you ask for. The message was based on Romans 12 and 12. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. And if you recall, I mentioned that the sermon was inspired by one of my coworkers who said that was her scripture for the year. That's what she was learning for the year. And she got what she asked for. She, she became afflicted. She had an eye injury. Something went on with her eye. Then she had COVID. But from the time that I told you about her story and the time I saw her about two weeks ago, she was afflicted again. She had Bell's palsy. But she's doing much better now. She, when she saw me, the first thing she said was, you won't believe what happened. But what happened during her whole experience was that as she studied that scripture over and over, and she kept asking God, why is this happening to me? God said, I gave you what you asked for. You can't be patient in affliction if you haven't been afflicted. I said all that to say, during that sermon, I repeated that scripture over and over and over. Now I know it. It wasn't my scripture that I was learning for the year, but I heard it over and over. I studied over and over. So to say again, um, our scripture for today, what's our scripture for today? I hear it a little bit. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, because why? This is God's will for you. See, the repetition, repetition. So this is our gratitude, which is our attitude, because we're learning together. Beyond Thanksgiving to Thanksgiving, gratitude is my attitude. How do we get here? We get here by the intentional memorization of Scripture that supports our day-to-day living. We get here by studying God's Word regularly so that we come to a better knowledge and understanding of who God is in our lives individually and collectively. True thanksgiving, giving thanks in all circumstances, comes with living a life of worship. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, To offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. The scriptures tell us over and over of God's mercy that is afforded to us. Again, here is the Apostle Paul telling us to give of ourselves so that we are pleasing to God. Renewing our mind by transforming our thoughts, which ultimately lead to change actions that put us in a position to be pleased by God. Scripture memorization helps to shape our actions. As we recall the scriptures, when we face times of despair or adversity, facing temptations, illness, or sometimes when we just find that life is good, we can recall a psalm such as Psalm 103, 1 through 6. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. Gratitude is my attitude. We have reached the end of our 29-day commitment to memorize the scripture. The purpose was to empower us to be armed with the words and promises of God, the words and promises of Christ, the voice and promises of the Holy Spirit that can aid us when we find ourselves facing and experiencing diversity or I'm sorry, adversity or despair, or when we encounter others that need a word of encouragement, or when we just need to encourage ourselves. Scripture memorization aids in deepening our relationship and trust in God. And it's my hope that you engage in this exercise that you found meaning and strength and much more. And I'm eager to hear about your experience with this exercise. And I propose that for those that wish to share their memory verse, that we do it during the announcements rather than during reflections. That way, if there are any children that have memorized the scripture and want to share they can share too. But as I get ready to move to my seat, well, I had the scripture there for you. As I get ready to move to my seat, um, I want to share one more song that spurs us to have the gratitude of attitude. And the song is an old familiar hymn for some. Uh, The title is, Because He Lives. I call it Because He Lives, I read it somewhere else, that it's because he lives I can face tomorrow, so one or the other. And the lyrics were written by Gloria Gator, so if you know Bill and Gloria, they're like this uh, musical couple. And the song has special meaning because it reminds me that when I'm going through, and even when I'm not, it is because Jesus Christ lives, I can face tomorrow. I get through knowing that he has promised to meet all of my needs, just like we find in Psalm 23 and 1. He has promised me peace, John 14:27, and Psalm 85, 8. He has promised me everlasting life, John 3 and 16. He has promised never to leave me nor forsake me, Deuteronomy 3 and 16. I would not know these if I had not at some point either read these verses or memorized these scriptures. Gloria Gator wrote this song in the midst of what she was experiencing. At that time, it was the 60s. She said she was going through some turmoil and upheaval, not just in what was happening in the world, but what was happening in her own life. And just like the Oscar Mayer commercial, over 50 years later, the song is still just as popular now as it was then, or just still a reminder to us of who God is in our lives. She stated that her husband was ill with mononucleosis. He was down both physically and emotionally. Their ministry was being attacked by a close friend. She felt stress and despair. The song was written as a self-expression of a presence that overtook her on a New Year's Eve when she was feeling at her lowest. She was filled with woe, wondering how is it that we're bringing a third child into this chaos? She said she can't explain it, but the presence was reassuring and the fear and despair gradually left, and her future became to be filled with optimism and trust. She was reaffirmed by the thought of the resurrection and the promise of eternal life. Friends, though we are embarking on a holiday in which many will gather with friends and family, and we'll offer thanks for the meal that will be prepared, we will offer thanks for the people present and for those not among us. While we usually reserve offering thanks for the gift of Jesus Christ during the time of Advent, we typically offer thanks for the gift of his death, burial, and resurrection at Easter, let's be reminded that every day is a day of thanksgiving. We give thanks for Jesus' life, his death, his burial, but most importantly, for his resurrection. It's because of his resurrection that we can face each day, and when we get through today, we can face tomorrow. We give thanks that we have the choice to live with an attitude of gratitude. Thereby, each day, our actions become for... Our actions before others are indicative of our gratitude for the blessings bestowed upon us, which are our attitude. Gratitude is my attitude, and it is my prayer that it will also become yours. Amen? Amen is a question. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Joys always.